right. Hey, everyone. It is Shelby, and I am here with Polly. Hi. Hi, Polly. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it feels a little bit wrong to start our show our normal way with our support message and our happy theme song. Um, so we're just going to dig right in. We're just going for this. Okay. Polly's ready. I'm ready. Okay. Um, it's episode 44. Uh, here's the deal. Um, we missed an episode two weeks ago. Sorry. We're moving on from that. Um, don't worry about it. Uh, there is a disclaimer for this week. Um, I am anticipating that there will be swearing and I am anticipating that there may be some crying. Who's to say? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe at the same time. Um, but I would just say, please don't listen with your kids around or if you're driving or operating heavy machinery or if you're caring for another human being right now that needs your full attention. Um, if you're otherwise feeling unstable today, uh, that one's a toss up. Either you can commiserate with us um, and it'll be cathartic or you should uh, find another time to listen. So, yeah. Um, What else? Uh, The episode might be five minutes. (laughs) Um, It might be an hour. Um, We may just be crying the entire time. Uh, Feel free to join us on whatever this journey is. But we've had a few friends um, reaching out to us, just which is a, a comfort to us. But reaching out and asking about how we're feeling and also if we could share our thoughts, um, since they, which is very precious, look forward to our podcast episodes. So, um, yeah, basically, uh, for those who are very confused (laughs) about why I have this (laughs) disclaimer, um, or why we don't feel ready to play a happy theme song, um, it has been, Uh, As of our recording now, it's been a little over a week since the election. And um, just for the current update, Hillary Clinton has still um, about 100 100 million, um, (laughs) still has a million uh, more votes in the popular vote, but uh, did lose the election to Donald J. Trump. For those who've been living, I don't know where the last week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, just like in, in general friend, how are you? <laughs> it's a very loaded question. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, I have had a week. <laughs> yep. Um, it was, um, it was, I, I don't know. I, so my coworkers and I hung out on election night. Um, we obviously had our own campaigns that we worked on in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to the big, after going to election night parties for those campaigns, we all ended up at the big Democratic party um, at the Weston Hotel. Um, and my friend Alex said that he he walked in there with like a little swagger in his step and yeah felt really good and like yeah we're gonna we're gonna do so many things tonight that um, you know we're gonna make history and yeah we're gonna have the first female president and we're gonna shatter that glass ceiling um, and then you know, the first results started coming in and we saw that she lost Kentucky and we're all like, 
<laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> of course she loses Kentucky. Like, it's Kentucky. And then she wins Vermont. And we're like, oh, Vermont. Thanks for <laughs> being consistent. Um, yeah. It's basically an SNL skit. <laughs> yep. Um, and then shit starts to get crazy. Yeah. And, it, you know, we all knew the battleground states, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida. Yeah. Um, North Carolina. Um, but in those states, we never thought that Michigan and Wisconsin would be mm-hmm. um, battlegrounds. They're typically strong Democratic holds. Yeah. Um, and there were reports um, leading up to Election Day that mi- Michigan might be in play, but I don't know how much anyone really believed that. Yeah. Um, I think we all just thought it might be a little closer than it normally is, but that she would still take that state. Yeah. Um, and then she lost Wisconsin, which, you know, was just kind of gut-wrenching. And then all these new scenarios come into place. Like, she still has to win Florida. She has to win Nevada. You know, and and it just gets bleaker and bleaker. Um, and the party that we were at just kept getting more and more depressing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just standing around kind of staring at people and we were standing outside of this room that we weren't allowed to go in because we weren't on the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like all of our friends were in there, like all of our <laughs> colleagues and like people that we do a lot of work with were in yeah. there. And so we were just kind of standing out there waiting for them to come out to us. <laughs> um, uh, one of my friends broke into the room. She was, <laughs> she was like, Oh, I'm with, I'm with this organization. And they're like, you're not on the list. She's like, okay, well, I'm going in. (laughs) She just busted in. Yeah. Um, They had an open bar, so that was part of the allure. (laughs) Um, So then she just brought us booze out. (laughs) Um, And eventually my colleagues and I decided that we'd had enough and left and went to um, kind of a classic bar in Denver near our office and um, had one more drink before we all kind of parted ways and yeah had to prepare for kind of a new reality <laughs> but yeah um, it, it in some ways that first night on election night it felt like getting sucker punched yeah it's um, shock and um, just kind of not totally being able to comprehend how this could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to talk a little bit, t- a tiny bit. I, we're not going to get into a full like debrief of the two campaigns and like yeah. what one did better. What We're not going to do that. There's news for that. Um, but uh, um, we, the next morning waking up, um, Someone, I saw someone commented, and they're like, I'm surprised the sun still rose today. <laughs> um, and, like, what I said to that was, well, we're still living in Barack Obama's presidency, so of course the sun came up. Like, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then it just became, like, a slow, day-by-day crawl of how do we, what do we do now? And, like... How do we grieve appropriately while, yeah, um, you know, thinking of how to to improve, to change and improve upon this moving forward? Yeah, yeah, and I think we can we can get into that a little bit of 
ways that we've kind of personally wanted to re-engage or engage and kind of move forward. Um, I think like I have met with a couple friends here and just, you know, to kind of spend time with other people and Mike and I have kind of talked about this and you and I have talked about this, um, like at length and it's still like, it still gets me (laughs) choked up and, um, it just kind of feels like, I mean, it's definitely grief. Like, yeah. And I don't mean that, you know, I don't, whatever people are going to be horrible or great and that's people. So if people hear this and think that, you know, I'm being, melodramatic about my feelings or if anyone has told you or you know people listening if if anyone's told you that you're being melodramatic about your feelings that's just bullshit um so you know like we're super familiar with grief recently and it's a very different type of grief um but there is a reason that like there are known cycles or waves of how you process information like this and so it's really it feels like grieving the progress that um we thought we were making or you know getting on the right path to making progress in our country for a lot of different issues um and i think you and i have talked a lot about um, feminism and sexism and just different behaviors. And so that's kind of the focus of where I'm at right now is that it like, I just, I feel like part of my passion has been kind of taken from me, um, Mm -hmm. and a little bit broken, which, you know, like feels ridiculous to say after an election, but, um, a friend of mine, I was having drinks with, uh, the other night, she was saying that like, you know, her and her husband have been talking and, and it was, it's as if Hillary was running for all women. Like yeah. that is kind of this like grief. Like I have worked, I am a woman. I have worked in public service, um, in nonprofits and state government, like since college and before that doing work in the community, um, kind of always fighting for quality education and opportunities for every single student in every single community. And it just like, it kind of felt like this, like you said, like getting sucker punched, like I am not valued. The work Mm -hmm. that I do and my contributions are less than. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we've known that to be the case (laughs) that, that society, um, views women that way. And so you kind of have this rising hope of the most qualified candidate in history ever um, ever Ever. being just like going to be that amazing history maker and having that kind of taken for various reasons. Um, So it's just definitely like I feel more – somber in my approach to things at work um and just kind of as I'm processing through like I know there are waves and that it'll pick back up um but it's hard like it is just a different reality than than we're prepared for and I think there's been an insane amount of (laughs) information and commentary from everyone and their brother on the internet of 
you know, um, people of color and um, folks just saying, you know, that have had a lot of barriers in society against them saying like, we've, we've been telling you about this and, you know, and maybe that's kind of putting our race label first, like as white women, there were things that we just haven't ever experienced to know. Um, and so it's just trying to process through all of that. And, um, yeah, so it's been difficult. (laughs) I don't know. That's just a a gibberish mix of feelings, (laughs) which you all know are not my strong suit in communicating. (laughs) Um, It's funny because I was talking to someone yesterday about this, this exact like feeling of like loss and um, like if, if Hillary can't do it, then like how the hell am I supposed to be able to do it? Like how, there's no way like, like how, and the one thing that she brought up, um, and I don't think it gives me any solace. It doesn't make me feel any better, but like, um, but maybe <laughs> she, well, no, <laughs> you'll see. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> like talking about breaking that glass ceiling and what does that actually mean? Um, yeah. and you know, when Obama was elected, it gave everyone this illusion that like we were in a post-racial society, which oh, you and yes. I know that's not true, but like. Yeah. It allowed other people to believe that like look, we we elected a black man like we're we're not yeah. racist anymore. We're totes fine. Um and that moving that over to if Hillary had been elected and that glass ceiling had shattered, like there would still be unequal pay for yeah. equal work. There would still be rape. There would still be all of these things that women deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and that just made me really depressed, but I thought it was worth noting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's to my early, like, it's not this, this law, like, it's not this feeling that I thought that she was like the second coming of Jesus or whatever that would be. Like, yeah. it's not like she would have gotten elected and all of these problems for all of these communities would have been fixed. Yeah. But I think the the loss is the sense that we were headed in the right direction and representation and value was going to be at the top levels of our country's leadership. Um yeah. and and we don't have that. We won't yeah. have that in January. No. Um Yeah. I mean just the the people that she would have been brought up would have brought on would have been more diverse, would have come from different perspectives. There would have been more women, there would have been more people of color. Um it would have been more like Samantha B's writing staff. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't see that happening with probably a few notable exceptions in Trump's Yeah. Yeah. I think there's um, you know, like you said, like it's just kind of I don't know, a general sadness. And I don't want to get into kind of a campaign or election postmortem. There's all of that out there. You're going to find stuff that you'll agree with and that's what you'll read and whatever. That's a separate issue for another day. Um, But I think there's also this sense, like I've had to kind of step away from social media as well. Like there's kind of just this general sadness about, our country and the the feelings and values and perspectives that that people bring um and i don't like i i very purposefully don't want to bring more hate 
into this world. No. And I don't want to be out there saying that I hate people that voted for Trump. Um, but I have to, like, I, in all honesty, there is a loss of respect. And I think that it's really hard to process that because I know family and friends who voted for him and everyone has their reason and I'd be happy to talk through that um with them maybe in a few months um (laughs) but I think there's just this respect of um I don't know apparently the internet would tell me that I'm just too liberal and I you know I'm on my high horse about this, but there were a couple things that I saw on social media, um, some quotes from, from folks that like really hit it home for me about this that, mm-hmm. or articulating kind of how I've been feeling. And so there's three that I just want to read instead of trying to <laughs> say it in any better way. Um, the first was that not all Trump supporters are racist or sexist or enter your is there. Um, all of those people who voted for Trump decided that racism or sexism aren't a deal breaker. And that's yeah. kind of the end of story. And that's, that's where I feel that disrespect. Um, uh, another is that if you're willing to sell out Muslims or black people or Latinas, um, if you're willing to sell out refugees um, because you think that it will save you economically, that's a racist perspective. Yeah. Um, and the last um, from the uh, great site, Son of Baldwin, I would encourage looking at for interesting reads and perspective, um, is that we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and my right to exist. Yeah. And so that's where this – there is kind of been a big backlash I've seen online about, like, don't tell me to just move on. Don't tell me to suck it up. <laughs> Don't say that, oh, now's the time we just need to come together and like love each other and it'll be fine and you shouldn't unfriend people or unfollow them on Facebook or whatever. Like, you know, that's not going to help. And I agree that that's not going to help. But I think there's this this lack of understanding that that this is about people's humanity and yeah. their rights to exist equally with everyone yeah. um, that are being um, in in policy proposals would be denied. So those are a few things that really stood out to me. Yeah, those are good. Um, so I just want to touch quickly on... Um, the not my president um, mm-hmm. hashtag um, and the marches that are going around that kind of articulate that same point um, and the conflict that I feel with that. Yeah. Um, so something that John and I have talked a lot about in the last week is, um, well, I'll just start with this. Um, while Obama was president, um, I felt a lot of frustration with people who would attack him personally, um, uh, with no cause, like saying he wasn't born in this country, um, saying he was Muslim. I mean, just outlandish claims, um, that had no bearing on reality. 
um, racist remarks, of course. Yeah. Um, and I always said, I'm like, you know, you can hate his policies all you want. I understand that. I can, I can even empathize with that. I, even if we disagree, yeah. I understand that we just come from a different value set and that's why you believe in different policies than I do, but, um, and why you believe in different policies than our president. But at the same time, he was elected by the people. Yeah. Um, and there is a certain amount of respect that the office of presidency holds. Yeah. Um, and he is your president. Um, so flash forward eight years. <laughs> um, and now a man who I do not respect um, yeah. is going to be in the White House. Um, yeah. And that thought makes me literally want to vomit right now, just so yeah. that we're clear. Um, but he was elected by our system our system. (laughs) Um, We can talk about the electoral college another time or just go back to civics class and learn all about it. Yeah. Feel free Um, to check out the Washington post. I'm sure they have helpful stuff. Yeah. Um, And it's different. It is different because this man is shrouded in controversy. He's going to be going to trial for Trump university. Um, He was going to trial for a teenage rape case that was dropped because she had death threats levied against her. Um, You know, he has these conflicts of interests that are astounding. Um, And he's not a good human. Like, he's not. He, he, you know, he brags about sexually assaulting women. Yeah. and whether you believe he did that or not, um, he said he did it. <laughs> yeah. So it is I, literally on video. <laughs> um, and the other person lost his job over those comments. Um, yeah. And Trump is now our president. So it is different because um, Obama had a scandal free presidency. Yeah. He had no scandals. Yeah. Um, He was a phenomenal president in my eye. Um, And even if you didn't agree with a single thing that he did, you have to respect that he brought a lot of class to the office. And um, and Trump is not. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't subscribe to the not my president movement. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if I were ever in a room with him, whether I would shake Trump's hand or not. I think a lot about that. Um, Cause I would shake George Bush's hand. Yeah. Um, I would love to sit down to dinner with George Bush. I don't know that I would love to sit down to dinner with Trump. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like a comparison of Republicans. Because, yes. Like there is a difference in that between decent human <laughs> As much as you can tell my face is struggling, um, who you disagree with on lots of policy. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I think the difference, like you're, you're looking at someone now who ran an entire campaign on oppression. Uh Uh-huh. Um, mocking people, 
degrading people. And that's not, I don't know. It's like your respect for the office rises above that. Yeah. But I don't think you have to respect the person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, also the notion that's come out of um, my friends, my friends in the liberal community Mm-hmm. is this idea that we should do what Republicans did to Obama for eight years, which is just obstruct everything. Yeah. Um, don't nothing that he brings forward, regardless of its validity or positivity that it could bring to our economy and our country. Yeah. Just obstruct, obstruct, obstruct. And John and I have talked about this a lot in that we believe that's why we have Trump as our president is because, Republicans obstructed absolutely everything that Obama tried to do. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be part of that problem. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, you know, it makes me like, I am fairly liberal, but I also believe in strong, like I believe in moderates because I believe that change is incremental and it takes time and, um, it comes with balance of power and from working with the other side. And I don't want to end up in a system where the extremes on both sides are who who get elected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though I would obviously rather an extreme on my side be in office, but that that's not going to help. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I believe in a moderate president. I do. Yeah. Um, and that's why if Marco Rubio would have gotten elected instead of Trump, I'd be really bummed out that Hillary Clinton didn't do it. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be very upset. I would have that morning. I would still feel that frustration of, yeah. you know, women always getting shit on for, <laughs> right. or feeling that way at the very least. Um, but yeah. I it's would feel, I would feel sick. I would believe that our country wouldn't head in the completely wrong direction. I wouldn't yeah. love his policies, but yeah. I feel that he would be a moderate president who would lead with with caution and working yeah. with other, other perspectives and other sides than just his own. Yeah. Um, I heard, oh my gosh, I was listening <laughs> to Fresh Air uh, on the car ride yesterday and they were interviewing a man who's a journalist who has done a ton of research um, about what a Trump presidency can and cannot do. Yeah. Um, and something that came up out of this, and this is changing the topic a little bit. That's fine. Um, and maybe we want to go back <laughs> another direction, but I just have to say this. Um, President-elect Trump does not own a computer. Um, he does not read. He makes all of his judgment calls and all of his decisions based on gut reaction and what other people tell him could be consequences or ramifications or positive outcomes of any given situation. We literally have, we are going to have a president that doesn't read. So I just want to, that I just, I verbally yelled in the car when I heard that. Mm-hmm. He has his phone that he uses to tweet. Mm-hmm. He does not have a computer. I don't think he reads the news on a daily basis. 
like the idea that he thinks he knows more about ISIS and um, I just can't like I can't. I don't think we really want to get into policy because <laughs> it's just a downward spiral of yeah. sadness and despair and also there's a lot of other people talking policy that in my just I'll speak for myself have much more <laughs> yes um, clout and ability to talk on those subjects than I do um, yeah. but. I, I just wanted to throw it out there that our president-elect does not believe in reading. Yay. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Pete Davidson from SNL. I think that's his name. Um, was doing an interview about the, the episode that Trump came on. And in this interview, he proposed the idea that he doesn't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I'm gonna throw that out there. It's kind of a funny interview, um, yeah. Oh and I don't, yeah, I don't know. I like, <laughs> I've honestly been struggling the last week with no matter what I say or feel or do, it's not going to be enough, or it's not going to be the right thing, or it's going to frustrate someone in some community, um, or it's just going to be looked at as some out-of-touch liberal elite that apparently the internet thinks that I am. Um, And so, yeah, I just, like, I do, I mean, I have these very, like, (laughs) basic girl moments of, like, I can't. Like, I, it is incredibly difficult to process that this is happening, I mean, like, I saw the photos in the interview when um, President Obama invited the president-elect to come to the White House and talk about the transition. And seeing them sit together in that room and the, like, class and dignity and respect that President Obama has for the office how professional and dignified he was like that is a president that is a world leader who took a crazy job and served it well and served us well i mean he had to sit and face the man who was the leading voice in the birther movement and he had to welcome him to this position in this office and i mean i guess we will technically never know what was said privately in those moments. And I just kind of, in my head, imagine, like, <laughs> the things that Obama could have said if he just wanted to get in a couple digs at him. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. like, pray that that happened for my own sanity. Um, but, like, seeing those pictures made me sick to my stomach. Um, because it just... It just like it just repeats. I don't know. I mean, and and we don't need to get into policy today or ever or I don't know. People can reach out to us, um, but just continuing the idea that I could not be capable of making decisions about my own health, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> or that the work that I do is not equally valued of my male coworkers. Um, inherently unequal. 
Um, and there are a multitude of other things um, leading to registries of Muslims and taking away rights of people. Uh, so it just, it just makes me sick. Um, and I'm still trying to process it and I will like pull up a web browser at work to, you know, do something and see a news clip or, um, a headline and just kind of just sit there and be like, what the fuck? Like, I just can't, like my brain is just like spiraling with thoughts and the, the feels all of the bad feels. All of the bad ones. <laughs> no good ones are there yet. Um, Just bad ones. There's hardly any. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think, I mean, as we, as we work on processing this, and um, I think the thing is that communities across the country are coming together and recognizing this, um, as I earlier misstated about the hundred million, <laughs> that's not a thing. One million more. If there were a hundred million, it would be a problem. Like, I know, like the majority of this country did not vote for him. Yeah. And so that right now has to kind of bring some hope or a path that work across the country is going to be done at the local level um, to continue to show the direction we want this country to go in. And so I think as we kind of exist and go through the waves of grief um, or despair um, at some moments or frustration, um, I think for myself it's been a humbling experience of not being engaged enough and not being part of the solution enough. Um, clearly it wasn't. Um, and just how do we kind of bring positive impact and experiences? Um, you know, there have been just, I mean, decades and centuries of oppression and having to deal with systematic racism and barriers and not the, freedom of religion that we love to tout all over. Um, so yeah. it's just thinking through like how we're going to be allies, how we're going to be supportive, how we're going to stand together um, to, yeah, I don't know, survive the next four years um, and get yeah. through that. So anyway, enough of me rambling. What, what are you thinking? Do you feel like you're, wanting to do something different or more or I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I, well, a few things. Um, the ACLU since the pre the election has happened has raised over $7 million. Holy shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, which is so cool. Um, I, I'm looking for ways to get more involved um, directly in my community yeah. um, with volunteer work um, and what little money we can give. Yeah. Um, and where, just trying to figure out priority of like where I want that to go and where I want to give my hours and who, yeah, who can utilize me and, and all of that. Um, I have already started um, a good friend of mine um, who is also going through the stages of grief and figuring it out. Um, <laughs> She um, said that every month she'll be looking for a way to get involved in the community. 
Yeah. Um, and she'll give an open invitation to anyone who's interested in joining her with that. So on December 10th, we are doing Habitat for Humanity. That's awesome. Um, and going to volunteer with that. Um, I've never done Habitat for Humanity, so I'm a little nervous. I'm like, am I, like, actually going to build a house? Like, yes. <laughs> like I, but it'll be fun, and it'll be nice to do it with a group of people that, you know, care about it and were there for the same reasons. And Yeah. Um, just bring about some positive change directly to our community. Yeah. Um, I think I'd also like to volunteer for the ACLU as I, I feel that they do really mm-hmm. powerful work, um, especially for people and communities that um, need representation yeah. um, and who are underrepresented yeah. by and large. That's great. Um, yeah. So just figuring out those opportunities and then actually doing them and following through and yeah, being a part of the, the yeah. solution. Yeah. And then when elections come around <laughs> um, in 2018 and 2020, um, yes. there are more than just the presidential elections, people. Yes, local um, elections can, are essential. Yes, and if Trump does some of what he says he's going to do, such as deport 11 million immigrants, mm-hmm. um, undocumented peoples, um, or uh, repeal Obamacare. Yep. It is the cities who will bear the brunt of those decisions. Yes. Um, some cities will not participate in um, um, deportation programs. Called They're called sanctuary cities, and yeah. mayors across the country are coming out and saying that they will not. Yeah. They will not do what Trump wants them to the, do. Yeah. Um, they're entering sustainability planning now to be able to function yeah. without the federal dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if Obamacare is repealed, all of those people who were um, insured by the program will go back to their uninsured status, and your local um, ERs and cities will be um, dealing with that um, that change. Yeah. And your local officials will be the ones that help those those process effectively. So the people that you elect to your city and local governments do make huge decisions every single day and will will directly impact your life. Um, So just remember to vote. Um, And I will be volunteering even more of my time than I um, have in the past for campaigns um, to get progressives elected who stand by my morals and my beliefs. Yeah. Um, and we'll make a better change for our country in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I think, um, yeah, Mike and I have looked at kind of where we want to engage and, um, kind of contribute the resources we have to offer and whether that is, um, our time and skill sets or just like, power in numbers, um, or our money. And I think, um, I love the idea of what's been happening as people donating to Planned Parenthood in Mike Pence's name. Um, I'll be doing that later this weekend, just so in case he thought the flow of that was stopping, it's not, um, God, I love it so much. uh, I love it so much. Yeah. So, um, I just, I think that, uh, women's rights and women's health and reproductive rights are um, essential, foundational, and I am 
definitely going to get more engaged in that. Um, and then just, you know, trying to think through, I really loved volunteering, um, back in Denver with a reading program. Um, if you're in Denver, reading partners is awesome. Um, and I've seen a couple opportunities around Columbus for reading and tutoring, um, and kind of assistance at libraries and things. Um, in especially some of our higher immigrant communities, um, to help with English and, um, just to kind of wade through the process of, um, paperwork or understanding systems and, um, kind of navigating, um, how we can make sure resources are getting to those who need them. So we're just kind of looking into that. Um, you and I talked a little bit, I think maybe last episodes or a couple episodes ago about the book feminist fight club Mm -hmm. that, um, so I've read it and I've, I've lent it to a friend. Um, but her and I have talked about getting a small group, um, together for a feminist book club, (laughs) which I'm sure (laughs) we're not the only ones. It's not super unique. Um, but, it's just something that I'm really passionate about, but haven't read a lot or been able yeah. to like be in a safe space to talk about. Um, and so I think that's, that's how I learn and process is a lot through reading and then through experiencing that in dialogue with others. So um, just kind of those kind of small group community ways to um, have a safe space and, have support and work together. Um, yeah, that's great. So just trying to figure out what we can do. I don't know. Cool. Cause fuck, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. sorry, mom, if you're listening, that was a lot of swears. <sighs> Who the fuck cares? <laughs> I know. I don't <laughs> think she does. Let's be honest. <laughs> I learned the word fuck from my mom. So, <laughs> Of course. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Okay. So, I mean, there was a little bit of crying, significantly less than I had imagined. Um, I've been stealing myself up all day for this. Um, I did want to talk about a couple awesome things. And I know there are more. And I think, you know, there's Pantsuit Nation on Facebook and a couple other places that are being really positive places to share stories with kind of only constructive feedback and encouragement. Um, So if you guys have those stories, like, please feel free to share with us. We, we need them and the world needs them. Um, But I did like, I still am learning about Ohio's politics and it's going to take some time, but I uh, was following Colorado pretty closely um, leading up to the election just because I care and I love my folks back in Colorado. Um, but I did see that um, African-American representation in the state legislature is at its highest ever, um, which seems Woo-hoo. ridiculous that I'm now about to say that's eight people. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's eight out of 100. And it's two new, um, two senators and six uh, representatives in the House. And that's um, you can kind of compare that. The population in Colorado is about 4.4%. And so 
um, it's just really exciting. There's some really great new folks taking on roles there that I'm really excited to hear about and watch from yeah. afar. So the um, first ever Latina Speaker of the House was yes. elected. Crisanta Duran yes. will be taking charge um, of the House of Representatives in Colorado. So that's a huge accomplishment. And then yeah. um, some young people also are in some positions of power, which is really cool to see. Um, millennial Gen Xers, yes, um, getting it's, some big roles. It's really exciting. Um, so I know my eyes will still kind of be on Colorado and and watching fondly. Um, the other really exciting thing that I know has been <laughs> a lot of us have kind of desperately been looking for wins um, across this election season, and we didn't have to really look far um, because in Minnesota. Um, Elhan Omar was elected. She's a refugee and the first Somali American to be elected to a state house. And that was in Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, yeah. And she seems awesome. She's been doing a lot of interviews and <laughs> being a, um, a good voice of kind of positive change and community effort. And, um, I think a lot is placed on her shoulders and, and she seems pretty capable of, um, kind of bearing some of that and and being a good example for folks. So that's really cool. I'm excited, and I'm sure there's more awesome things. I just can't Those find them right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of feelings for one day. A lot of feelings. <laughs> um. Is there yeah. anything else? Like, let's just um. My. My favorite election season podcast at 538, um, Jody Avergan always ended their podcasts with something in the final weeks of the election. He was ending their podcasts with his favorite non-politics related video. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I didn't want to hold us too closely to that, but just like, please tell me about something that is awesome or inspiring or positive that you're just really focusing on lately so there's two things okay one is more significant than the other (laughs) i'll let you decide which is which Ooh, fun game (laughs) (laughs) number one i've been rewatching new girl (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it makes my heart happy okay it's an amazing show as soon as we are done chatting here i will go back to watching new girl okay second is after a long job search, um, I got a new job. Yay! And I am going to be working with an amazing Denver City Councilwoman. Um, she cares deeply about the city of Denver and our state, and I'm really excited to work with her and get into even deeper into public service. And um, um, yeah, so That's you awesome. can decide which of the two of those are <laughs> most important. Um, <laughs> congratulations, Holly. I'm super Thank proud of you. you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. That means a lot. Yeah. That's um, awesome. So yeah. What about you? What's making um, you? Yeah. I, well, I would be remiss if I did not mention that, um, a few friends really, uh, kind of stepped up to help last week, um, kind of all help each other, but I went to visit my friend Christy and I got to meet her daughter, um, before, Aww. 
her next child is born in a couple months. <laughs> um, so that was super precious. And I got to play with their little kitten who's like um, like four pounds and is super small and cute and adorable. Um, and then I also uh, went to Finley and visited Carolyn and Matt. And I got to meet Winston. Um, oh, Winston, our former new- Midwest correspondent. Yes, Carolyn, our former Midwest correspondent, only because now I'm in the Midwest. She's still our correspondent. She's just a correspondent. She's now, just though. the puppy correspondent because they yeah. got Winston and he's amazing. <laughs> I might post pictures. Um, and Carolyn sometimes runs a live feed um, yep. of Winston when you need I a pick me up. It. Um, he's usually sleeping. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. So yeah. Anyway, those things. Um, a couple other things. The band Lucius, um, please look up uh, these two songs, Dusty Trails <laughs> and Two of Us on the Run. And then just picture me singing and crying to those two songs for the last week <laughs> to five weeks because I've been listening to those two for a while. Um, Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah has been now on my playlist of, I don't even know what the playlist is called, playlist (laughs) of my life right now. Um, and it's amazing and the world is a crazy place. Um, Mike and I are also really into the show Goliath right now on Amazon. It's kind of little law firm versus big law firm and it's just a nice way to escape and also the memes of Joe Biden and, oh my God. and President Obama are they're so good. Like the main things that get a chuckle throughout my day. <laughs> so did you did you see the I think this is real. That's how <laughs> no story should start. <laughs> but I saw today um uh a quote of Joe Biden looking at a meme of themselves of him and Obama and saying to Obama, he was like, But we never said that. And Obama's like, Yeah, that's that's the point. He's like, but it's on a real picture of us. <laughs> like, not understanding what a meme is. I have to imagine that's fake. Right? <laughs> he's I mean, smarter than that. He's old. He is kind <laughs> not of to be old. ageist, but... I think I he's, mean, he's with it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we just think he's really with it, because he's so cool. Yeah, that's true. Uncle Joe. All right. Well, that was our depressing episode. We had a depressing episode. <laughs> we had some we laughs might feel at the end. Next time. <laughs> we might feel better next time. I don't know, guys. Please check in with us. Yeah. Um, let us know, how, know you're how, how you're doing. Let us know yeah. what you're doing. Um, if you have questions you want us to explore about any of this, I don't even know anymore. I'm feeling kind of lost. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Likely Story Show or on our individual pages, um, as well as on Twitter at Shelby Elizabeth or Polly NK. Feel free to engage with us. I've been a little disengaged, so maybe your um, I'm around. Your kind words will help me reengage yeah. with community. So, um, thank you to our Patreon supporters, Benji, Carolyn, and Joe. Just thank you. we love you all be kind to each other um and get involved or stop complaining and also stop being horrible to other people yes be good souls yeah so that's all we got bye everyone bye